Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring Ramon Foster, who surprisingly is not on the cover of this month's Pittsburgh Magazine. What is up with that, Pittsburgh Magazine? Just hating on me, okay? Best That's- media in Pittsburgh. At least we should have that. It's all. It's all it is. It's. It's just. It's. It's. It's hatred. It's hate it's- at this point, man. What is this anyway? Enjoy every sandwich. This could have had Ramon's smiling face on it. You, you know? know what? Just, just lack of respect. That's what we'll call it. It's not hate. It's just <laughs> lack of respect at this point, DKS. We'll get there. Like 40 under, more. 40 under 40 is an article in here. I assume that means like 40 like really prominent people who are under 40. And guess who's under 40? Under uh. four, Only one of these two. That's for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Moan, you know who else is under 40 as in under 40 yards per game? Oh, oh, we do the transitions. We do. Yeah, we, we do the transitions. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is under 40 yards passing, but that does not stop Mitch Trubisky from talking uh, to the media about being optimistic about the oh. offense and everything else. And we're like, come on, Mitch, at least be a little bit realistic here. The offense has been. I don't have clean words for it, Moan. <laughs> the offense has been a little lacking, man. Well, no, 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 I won't. I won't bash him all the way because I will say this: to begin, like looking at the Cleveland game, okay, as we we, we revisit that just a little bit, they have been the tempo was was really enjoyable to watch, okay, and I think everybody kind of saw that. We've even been saying the players speak about that too. No I huddle. Had, it's no, no huddle. No when did huddle. they start calling that tempo? What, what happened? <sighs> What, who thought of that? What was wrong with no huddle? It's the same thing. Well, it was probably because it was the old regime. You know, it's probably uh, okay. one of those things. We'll call it tempo, Paul. Oh, we're going uh, tempo. We're it's, going it's, tempo. It's been so long, though, DK. We we really didn't know. And also, calling it no huddle also means that they're not huddling up. So, in a sense, when we called it no huddle, it was mostly being, you know, calling the place. So, I guess you label it tempo uh, when you're not really giving that much freedom when it goes down to it. Or zero um, freedom. Or zero freedom. But just in, in general, though, DK, it, it wasn't a bad showing. It just got bad late, man. It was the highest amount of yards they had on the season, man, as far as offense goes. 308 yards of offense. Uh, I, I was really looking forward to them continuing it on because it was a short week. You needed the ability to keep that home team away because this is the thing about Cleveland. They were a strong team. Now, you go lose again. What are you, one and two on the season? Guess what happens from there, DK? Players start talking. Mm. Now, if there's something under 40 there, that is not having 40 players on the side of the ball that's willing to back you up with what they thought the offensive plan was. A lot of guys have kind of been chirping. I've seen a whole lot on social media about this. Guys just alluding to they're not on the same page offensively. Yeah. I mean, you know, anytime – we try to divide this topic yeah. between Trubisky and Canada. It falls flat. And I think there's a reason for it because it can't be divided. No. What you have right now is a bad coordinator calling bad plays for a bad quarterback who can't make even bad plays. Ooh. Okay. And, and, and that's not being mean. Those no, are the numbers. It's just what you're seeing right now, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's documented. This current, is what, what do you what do you say as as a player? It's what you put on film. 
It is what you put on film, man, and it hasn't been consistent enough. Uh, I think it was Eddie now speaking about, you know, this this offense feeling the pressure of supporting this defense. Now, the defense has to help themselves, too. That wasn't a real good showing from them and Cleveland either. I mean, it, Cleveland kind of had their way a little bit with that secondary. I got a feeling we'll talk about that a little bit, DK. But they, they got to support. Again, it is a three-phase ball game. It's, it's special teams, offense, and defense. And right now, a lot of people in the sense of us talking heads, people that cover this team, like this team, love this team, support this team, have kind of been saying, well, if you can't make the plays yourself and Matt Canada isn't calling the right plays for you for this offense, then it's time to kind of move on. That's the ultimate conversation, DK, as we watch uh, we watched Mitch Trubisky kind of back up Matt Canada. Why? Why would I crap on the guy that's got me at the starting position right now? I think yeah. that's what you and I are kind of saying behind this. Well, let's 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 review a couple of the things that that Mitch had to say uh, to reporters today on the South Side uh, when he was asked about the offensive struggles and the noise that's surrounding Matt Canada's play calling. Mm-hmm. Mitch's response was, "Quote: Before you start pointing fingers." You have to look at yourself and see what you can do better. And the quarterbacks are not, you know, great orators. So, and we pick apart their words probably unfairly. But when you say before you can start pointing fingers, it implies that at least somewhere along the chain there, it's okay to point fingers at the coordinator. Now, now later he was asked again about blocking out the noise. And his response was, Matt Canada has been calling good games. He's been putting us in good spots. We've just got to go out and make the plays for him and for this offense. And you see, when you say that, how dumb that's – not him. He's a really bright guy. But just how, how dumb the concept is, okay? Yeah. Because he's not calling good games. He's not putting the team in good spots. And, oh, by the way, even if he does, th- this quarterback's not going to be able to make the plays for him. So that's where I was going next, DK. And, 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 and knowing that he said that – earlier is this if you say Matt's calling the plays okay are you pointing fingers at the people that you're throwing the ball to is it are you pointing fingers to yourself by saying you're not making the plays also because that's what we saw this past week I think it was Eddie and I that spoke about this there was a lot of conversation about hey we want to go downfield give us the ball let your playmaker make plays well Mitch did deliver some of those passes those receivers dropped those passes Mitch also scrambled a, a time or two in that game and didn't make a throw or two. So is it a, mostly you? Is it the receivers? Like, what is it that you're asking for when it comes down to it? Because if you support him and what he has going on, then there has to be a variable that's in this, that's causing this offense not to go. It might be you. Like I, I'm, I'm lost in the translation of what he's trying to get across to us in the support of Matt Canada right now. Here's the thing: he can't say. There, there's nothing he can say. There's nothing Canada can say. The only one who can say anything is the head coach. Yeah. And the only part, the only side of the football that the head coach ever criticizes is the defense. Why is that, Moan? Why is because, that? Because as one, he know that the defense is at with their backs against the wall a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. You actually are missing a very important component, and that's TJ Watt. The other side of this is why talk about what stinks when everybody knows what stinks too? And that's yeah. the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to point everything in that direction, okay, so that we don't have to talk about the obvious, and that's the offensive side of the ball. Also, this offense is only converting on third down, DK, at 33%. That ain't good, y'all. One for nine against Cleveland was even worse. When we come back, 
That thing that Ramon promised we'd talk about. The secondary. Welcome back to the Buster Show. We have way too much fun here. What? You should never see the stuff that goes on between the, the whistles. The bricks are better. The, the bricks are better. The, the head coach of the Jets, Robert Sala, has made known today that Zach Wilson is going to start for the Jets, at least if things go well in practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have much in a way of an opinion as to whether or not Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco would be the better guy to face. What about you? Man, me personally, Eddie and I had this conversation and I, me personally, I'd much rather face the young guy simply because he's he's going to be ready. Uh, he's going to be overexcited to, to get out there and make things happen for him. But this is the other thing. Pittsburgh usually takes advantage of young quarterbacks in this situation with the way that defense is kind of constructed. The Jets don't have the best offensive line. Let's just throw that out there right now. They don't. Um, and, and if you have the secondary come together as it needs to and it needs to respond because we told you we were going to speak about the secondary at the end of the first and this is the thing against Cleveland they did not look good as a, as a whole the defense didn't look good but to start off that game with Terrell just being in a very bad situation not once but two times man he has to have a response best way to get a response is to play the New York Jets against a younger quarterback like Zach Wilson now, I know he's got some good things about him with him being mobile but this this group has to respond, DK. Like uh, uh, Akila Witherspoon, just watching those guys just kind of go at him, and not just him. Again, I mentioned Terrell, but then you also have other guys like like Cam that you know they go at him too. Mika, we didn't see much of him this past game, and why? They chose not to go in that direction. That's a smart play right there. Mm-hmm. I don't think a young guy like Zach Wilson understands what he's getting himself into when you have a guy like Minka out on the field. I'm hoping this is a turnaround for the secondary that they need, man. They have been getting worked, man. And not just that, uh, the red zone area. Teams have kind of picked on them in those tight red zone situations. Uh, again, for Cleveland, they went 6-16, of but this is the most telling thing of it all. Third and fourth on fourth down. Goodness yeah. gracious. Get off the field, man. In fairness, the secondary is missing its second best player, TJ Watt. (laughs) Russian coverage, right? Well, if you think about the way this secondary was constructed, including even in our heads, what we thought about was, okay, it's not going to matter that much because there's going to be a pass rush. And then you add Larry Ogunjobi into the mix. Alex Highsmith takes another step. You got Miles Jack. You got got Mm -hmm. more more options and more weapons up front. And so you were supposed to have the kind of pass rush that we saw in the first half in Cincinnati. Now, you take TJ out of the mix – and he's the the what is it Jenga is that what it's called? Where you just yeah. okay, and and yeah. uh, and the whole thing just to yeah. the ground, okay, yeah, and that's a problem because now you can't have Minka in that wild card, roam free, yeah. sniff out the pick mm-hmm. kind of formations, and everybody gets a little bit more. Here's the key word I think: exposed. Yeah. And that's what looked like in Cleveland. It just looked like, wait a second, this wasn't what we were doing. We weren't, we weren't doing all these crossing patterns. We weren't doing it where the quarterback had three, four seconds to throw. 
Right. No, but this is uh, the, the challenge that they're faced with this week, though, with the Jets, even if it is Zach Wilson, um, to me, says they have a whole lot of talent again. And the reason I picked Zach Wilson over Flacco is because Flacco knows the Steelers just DNA. He's won against him in times he's not supposed to. He's a veteran guy. He's more poised. More po- I said that very wrong. He's more poised than I almost think Zach Wilson would be. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their roster and the guys they have. Brees Hall also catches the ball very well, okay, for a young guy. He's got a touchdown on the, on the year receiving. Braxton Berrios is that guy that's almost like the, the, the New England uh, Patriots type of you like receiver. Him. You like him. I do. I do. Yeah. He's actually an all-pro in kick return, too. Um, Garrett Wilson's a young guy out of Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Elijah Moore's a really yes. good guy. Young guy also. Corey Davis, they signed him free agent, I think, last year from the Titans. And he also uh, inherited C.J. Uzuma this mm-hmm. offseason. They have offensive threats, man. So, I'm looking directly at this secondary and say, y'all got to answer the call this week. Screw the rush. Like, it's to a point, DK, to where you know you're less than as far as the defensive line goes, as far as rushing the quarterback. Exactly. Yep. You got to step up. And that's yeah. what I'm asking this group. Like, they put it on display, man. They really made Jacoby Brissett look like he was on his way to a Pro Bowl or at least an ultimate in, in a sense. You feel me? Like, that was a good yeah, game for him. Uh, he, it was. I, I don't want to take credit away from Brissett. I, 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 I've done enough of that, including his, <laughs> when, when he was in Indy. And mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought he played a really good game. And I know that's not a popular thing mm-hmm. anybody would want to hear. I thought he was I thought he was really sharp. He had a good plan, and he simply executed it, right? But he precisely executed it. His, <sighs> his passes were on the money. His guys weren't doing this or this. Nope. to get him you know he was putting it where and on crossing routes that's not automatic no it's not or that quick slant either mm-hmm. like nobody could even tackle them going into the end zone like it was just get the tackle is where it was you know and on that note let's remember how joe flacco won that game for the jets well, right? That, right that's exactly no. what that was and yep. he's got he's got a mail slot yeah in which to deliver that football, yes, and he, he does. but and he did it, moan, and he did it with a yawn. Yeah, and Again. that's what I'm telling you. Him standing on the sideline, it might yeah. be for the best. It, it, it will be. Again, give me Zach, man. I'll take that all day. I hope they're excited and we go beat them. <laughs> when we come back, the only segment that really matters. Duh, hey, moan. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. And this segment is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where it's all about quality. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub and burger, salad, wrap, drink, and appetizer gets made with fresh ingredients and always tastes amazing. Order your favorites at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. By the way, Moan, we have Chef Tom coming in here tomorrow. You believe that? And you, I didn't get an invite. Is this is this you're what we're in, doing? You're in Nashville. What do you want? Okay. Like a private jet? That's what I was gonna say. You're gonna not let the people know you got a private jet. You can send it. Okay, I can be done with my show and be there by three o'clock Eastern. You know that. That's where that price hike for the subscriptions went to. It was to the private jet <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Here is our hey moan. Oh, and he brings it in all caps. Mike says. Hey, Moan, a.k.a. Little Foster, do players look ahead on the schedule and put pressure on the current week? I.e., if they don't beat the Jets, that somehow they'll be one in seven going into the bye week. Or are they truly able to block out looking ahead like that? Wow, what is that? 
God, Fan, fans do that. Fans, fans will do that. I'm not going to lie. I, I do I it. I, I'm yeah. thinking if, yeah. if you lose to the Jets and then you've got all these, the Buffalo, you know, Tampa, Miami, oh, Philly. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's an uphill battle up a snow hill with no shoes on, man. Yeah, this, this Both is, ways. I, I won't. I will not act like this ain't a real thing. Like legitimately it is like. Uh, do players look ahead, though, to plan out a schedule? I'll say this. I know when we were really good, I'd look and see, okay, we got a gauntlet right here. We can make the – oh, we got Browns. We got Texans. We got this. Yeah, I, we do that. You do. Um, to, to consider yourself going one and seven, though, I don't know if that's a thing to where I that just can automatically count losses. Um, more times than not, you look at the positive side. Then you do saying, man, we're going to mess around and be one and seven. Um, no, I don't think that's the case, but I think every week that you're out there, you're in survival mode. I can acknowledge that. I can legitimately say that if I was on this team, I'd say, guys, we got to find something, some way, somehow to go get a dub. That's a, 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 a true reality of something that can happen inside of a locker room, though. But to, you know, put it in perspective and say, one and seven. That's even as a fan right now. That's kind of hard to swallow. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, the the worst teams that I've covered in any sport don't sit there and project losses. I, no. I've, I've never heard of such a thing. I mean, remember I covered the baseball team across the river, and they're at ni- <laughs> they're at ninety seven losses right now. Uh, but you know, they're also. You know, they put themselves in the position to to sweep four games in Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago and in position mm-hmm. to sweep Cincinnati today that you just don't have as a professional athlete. You have no. to you have to do a lot of things just to make it to the level you are. You're born with confidence. And, and, and with a bunch of opposition too. Like I don't know of many athletes that have been in positions where everybody just championed them on. Um so you find ways to fight off that negativity. See, that's where well, I think his name is Mike. Mike, that's where we yep. on this side of things that don't have to play kind of envision that as a player, though. No, it's, it's it's cliche as heck to say, but it's really one week at a time. And then you look at, OK, Buffalo situation. They're kind of losing a guy. So I think they lost their safety for the year. They're waiting on certain guys to get back there. Also, we saw a young Tua beat this team. And I know Miami's stacked. OK, I'm not going to act like they're not. Um but in this league, it really is any given Friday. As a player, do I do that? In the locker room, have I ever seen anybody do that? No, never, because you got to realize we haven't ever just been in the recent years like the Cleveland Browns where you go 0-16 or you imagine yourself losing games like that. That locker room isn't constructed like that is what I'm saying to you, Mike. You know, what? I've, I've never asked you, I think even as a player in all the years that I covered you, do you ever focus just within the AFC North? Like if things aren't going great overall, like I'm looking at the AFC North standings, Mo, and the Browns and Ravens are two and one. Yeah. The Steelers and Bengals are one and two. I got to tell you, that's not exactly a train wreck of a situation. No, it's it's not, man. And also, I, we, we spoke about this. Cle- I mean, Cincinnati aren't, wasn't going to shock people anymore. They knew everybody knew what they were getting themselves into. But did I focus on just the AFC North? Uh, the situations are different though, DK. Like we always were looking, we were always looking to see that we were either going to be one or two in the AFC North. So it wasn't a factor of looking at them. It was always the entire schedule. Like we were playing the AFC North opponent. Yeah. We were going to say, all right, we got to get this dub. Like to focus in on the wins and losses of it. No, because 
I think we also wanted to represent the AFC North and say, well, if we got the AFC South, let's go smack them. If we got the AFC West, let's go four and all against them. It was always a sense of pride when it came down to playing out of division teams like Philly or like uh, the Jets or, you know, somebody like um, the Saints. It was always that conversation. So I never really focused in on that. I'd be lying if I said, yeah, let's just focus in on going eight and in the, or, or six and in the AFC North. Nah, I, I can't say if that was the case. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. You do want to win the North. That's always goal number one is what I'm saying. Yeah, that that's, that's that was part of what I meant. It's just because, yeah. look, no matter what happens, you could be in a in, – well, in the worst division in the universe, in the AFC, AFC South. South. And, and you could – you could have a lousy season, you yeah. know, like often happens there and say, you know what? It doesn't really matter because if we win this division, we're in the playoffs. And truthfully, yeah, me covering the Titans. Mm-hmm. And I can say this because their fans say this and a, a few of them say it, too. That is sometimes the, the mindset has to be in Pittsburgh. I've We've never had that. It was like sweep them. It was this win your division and split the road game. So what was that in the old format? That was 12 games, 12 wins. Yep. That's the way we looked at it. It wasn't a, oh, no, let's just focus on this. Nah. No, that's nice. That's nice. Anyway, want to do this again tomorrow? Man, I'm with it. <laughs> All right. Let's do that. Oh,